I was created for you, with dreams that you already knew. You had formulated a plan you breathed into this dusty land. Man became a living soul, dust and mud into flesh and bones, one with you, finally whole. Until the beguiling snake tempted mankind to forsake the God of mercy and of grace. Sin entered our broken life, suffering much pain and strife. But God made a way to live. The Father sent the Son to give. Along the dusty paths he walked to gather and gift his flock a new life and a new heart born again for a new start. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but Lent has a tendency to show up at just the right time. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but if you've been hectic this week, if you've been scattered this week, if you've been stressed out or anxious this week, then Lent showed up at just the right time. It's the season where we stop And holy disruption takes place. It's the season where God goes, I know you have all that stuff, but we need to be together. Together, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we are so thankful for you. We praise you. We call upon your name in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our strife. We give those to you this morning. Remind us that it's not about us. Forgive us when we seek to build our own kingdom instead of yours. When we seek our own path instead of your will. When we rely on ourselves instead of you alive in us. Make us passionate, intentional ambassadors for you. Help us to display the love that you have displayed in our hearts. Help it to overflow so that we cannot help but show others the way into your goodness. Lord, in this season of of sacrifice and in this season of reflection, as we approach Holy Week, bring about divine disruption in our hearts. We give you all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Luke chapter 15. Verses 11 to 32. Would have been good if I looked at Luke 15 to start with. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Here we go. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had traveled, all he had, and traveled to a distant country. And there, he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands 
have bread enough to spare. But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was in the field. And when he came, when he came and approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked, What's going on? He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your commands, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Two sons, a younger son and an older son, both very different approaches to their father. <laughs> One the younger, at the outset of the passage, looks at him and says, Hey, Dad, I want my inheritance, and I want it now. Which, in those days, was basically saying, I wish you were dead, Dad. That's the equivalent of what he's saying. I want the inheritance, and I want it now. I don't want to wait until someday when it becomes mine. I want to go and live the way I want to live now. And as the story goes, of course, he goes off to another country. He lives the high life. Lots of friends. Lots of parties, doing whatever it is he wants to do with all this money that he's inherited, all, this, all these possessions that he's gathered. And as that would, you think that would go, it run, he runs through it all. And as, at the, as the world would have it, is when he's out of money, there's also no way to recapture money because the world is going through an incredible famine. That particular part of the world has no abundance to go after. And so he becomes desperate. He has no way to function. And so he hires himself out to eat and take care of some pigs. Now, that's gross. And eating the pig leftovers is gross enough. But when you drop that into a Hebrew context, he's eating the scraps of unclean animals. You see, in Jewish law, you can't touch a pig. You can't consume a pig or you're unclean and can't go to worship. He's not only not able to go to worship, he's eating the scraps of the animal that makes him unsuitable for worship. This, you don't get much lower. 
We read this story and it's like this little, oh, he, he, that's nasty. He was with some pigs. But there is spiritual access to the father overtones to the choice of animal in the story. He's at the lowest point of lowest points of lowest points. The funds are gone. The friends are gone. There's famine. And he is eating what's left over. Verse 17, he comes to his senses. As you would hope, right? But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare that I am here dying of hunger? He comes to his senses. You see, he's under the illusion that he had life figured out. I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish. I just need some of dad's inheritance to go accomplish it. He had a plan. The plan didn't work. The plan left him empty. His own desire to do what he wanted to do, to set up his own kingdom, to live what he wanted to live, and he found himself eating what pigs didn't eat. That's a bad plan. That's a plan that did not satisfy. That's a plan that did not meet his needs. And of course, when he comes to his senses, he's like, wait a minute. My dad's own servants eat better than this. He becomes aware. It's like the dreams that he had didn't work. And it's almost like, what, do you, what did it take for you to realize, hey, I'm eating pig slop? I mean, I've been in some low points. I'm sure you have too, but that's not been the substance of my existence. It's never been that low. But that's when he comes to his senses. Hey, I need to go back to my father's house. Now, he's talking about going back to dad. He's talking about everything I just told you about him being unclean. He's not just nasty. He's unclean. He's unworthy. He cannot possibly do this. Plus, he told dad to drop dead, essentially. Hey, I'm going to, I know I went to state for a few semesters, burned through all your money. Dad, I need to come back home and live at home. Hope that's okay. I mean, that would be a modern version of this, kind of, right? Like, I didn't do so hot in school. I spent all the money you gave me. Can I come live at home and work at Starbucks? You know, I mean, that's kind of where he's at. My plans didn't work. My plans didn't turn out the way I'd hoped. So he decides to return to his dad. But he came to himself. Lent is awareness. This season of Lent that we're in, this 40 days leading up to a holy week, is a season where we have to stop and go, and we do this as a tradition for a reason. Maybe you've had this conversation. What am I giving up? I was uh, at Wesley Foundation at Northeast for a while, and there was a student that was a part of our Wesley Foundation there whose background was Catholic. And I made the announcement at Wesley Foundation, that, hey, Lent's coming up. And he went, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, oh, no. I mean, it was that vocal. Because for him, Lent meant no something. No chocolate, no internet, no fast food, something. He's like, that's that time of year. He literally asked me, that's that time of year we're supposed to give something up, right? Yeah, if you're going to practice Lent, that's the idea, right? But he was like dreading it. It's like, oh man, I'm going to be tortured for 40 days. Because that's what he would, that was the way he understood Lent. But this season is not here to torture you for 40 days just so you're ready for Easter. That's not why we celebrate Lent. It is this idea, this season in life that shows up when we, frankly, when we need it to show up. And the practice is to stop and evaluate, maybe like the younger son, to come to our senses, if you will. What is it that has captured my heart more 
than God? Is it my own ambition? Is it my own plans? What wonderful pet, possibly really good idol have I set up in my existence that needs to be attacked, that needs to be addressed? What has captivated my heart more than God? It's a disruption of the empire that we've been building. The spiritual money has run out. And if we're trying to do this under our own power, we're eating pig slop too. If we're trying to get there on our own strength, on our own ambition, on our own plans, relying on us, do you hear the pronouns in there? My plan, my future, my career, my goals, my financial status. Who's king? Lent is the season that provides us an excuse, if you will, a rhythm to disrupt our own plans, to take inventory, to take stock and go, what has gotten too big? What has become too powerful in my life? Now he runs off to dad. He runs off to dad. And we know we're going to get to where dad, how dad responds. But all too often, we are the younger son. We just are. We think we know better than dad. We think we know better than God. We think we have it figured out. Or maybe this empire building we're doing is to distract ourselves from pain. Maybe we've got emotional pain. Maybe we've got history. Maybe we've got challenges. Maybe we've got experiences in our life. And we just think, if I can earn this much more or accomplish this or find this significant other person, then this pain that's inside of my heart will go away. And that's the wrong reason to build an empire too. Shopping might make us feel better. Facebook might make us feel better, especially if we get lots of likes. Lots of shares. Look at the good content that I generated. We're medicating emotional need for acceptance and love. And I guarantee you, the younger son, when he came to the awareness of it, he's like, what am I doing here? The one thing he longed for was his father. But he still, even in his own words, but I'm not worthy of going back to dad. I'm not worthy. There's no way I could possibly go back. How in the world would he take me? Verse 21. The son said to himself, the Father, I have sinned, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found, and they began to celebrate. So he goes back expecting a pay- to earn a paycheck. He goes back expecting to earn his status back with the father. Hey, I'll just come work for you now. At least I can be in your kind of in your world, but I am not worthy of being called your son anymore. He's still doing the same thing. He ran off, built his own plan. He still comes back to the Father with his own plan for how the way things should, the way things should go. Hey, I'll just work for you. I'll just do everything you're supposed to, you want me to do. I'll keep the rules. 
I'll serve, and you can compensate me. At least I'll have food. But how does the father in the story respond to the return of his son? Let's celebrate. He runs out to meet him, throws his arm around him, turns to his helpers and says, get a robe, get the feast going, let's party. He was dead and now he's alive. That is not what the son anticipated. That's not what he was expecting. In his own mind, that's not what he deserved. How many times in our own spiritual life have we looked at God and go, I really don't even deserve this. I'm not, I'm not good enough to go to church. I need to get my act together before I go to church. I need, I'm not even sure church would help somebody like me. Do you know what I've done? And the father in the story is the, our heavenly father too. He cannot wait to throw his arms around you and throw a party because you're no longer dead You are in the arms of the Father's love. That's the response. That inheritance that he took early and ran off with was available to him anyway. But he decided he knew better than dad. But there's an older son too, right? This guy took a totally different approach to dad. Verse 25. Now the elder son was in the field... And when he came and approached the house, he heard the music and the dancing, and he called one of the slaves and asked, What's going on? He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has come back to him safe and sound. Notice where the son is, the older son is, when the younger one shows up. He's in the field, he's working for dad. Maybe he's bossing people, but he's out doing his duty. He's fulfilling his role as the older son. He's doing everything he is supposed to do. He is doing it all right. He's following the rules. He's following the rules. He's doing his duty. He's in the field, and he hears the party. What's going on? Younger brother's back, and they're partying about it. Now, what's his response to that? His response to that is, oh, good, let's go to the party. That's awesome. No, 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 no. He gets angry. He gets resentful. And when dad, of the story, pursues him outside the tent, how does he respond to his dad? He answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your commands Yet you have never even given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Older son's not not happy. Older son never left. Older son never squandered anything. Older son did everything he was supposed to do. Why is he so mad? Why is he so resentful? Why does he feel compelled to give dad his resume? Which is what he's doing. All these years, I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've obeyed everything you've asked me to say and do and go and be. And I'm in the field even when this guy came home who ran off and squandered your money. What's up with that? Entitled butch. (laughs) But I mean, he's angry that the son's getting the royal treatment and he didn't get anything for it. All his hard work. 
the older son is doing something very similar to the younger son. He's doing what he thinks is right too. He's building a resume. He's building a, a life of obedience, not because he loves to serve his dad, because he expects something in return. He's keeping the rules. He's doing his duty, but he's not doing it because he just loves dad and wants to work with dad. He's doing it because he's going to expect something in return. And the resentment has been building over the years because he didn't even give him a goat to party with. Ask your parents that one day. Can I have a goat to go party with dad? You know, Interesting request. But he, he didn't get anything for all this hard work. I've been serving. I've been slaving. I've been doing all this stuff. Where's my cut? Where's my rep- repayment? Where's my stuff that I get in return? He's dutiful, but it's driven by just as much selfish desire as running off to the other country and partying. He's doing it for himself. He's being faithful, but he's being faithful to get something in return. Now, you may be the younger son who's been escaping stuff or think you have a better plan, but you also might be the older son that when you talk to God, Hey, God, I've been to church every Sunday. Hey, God, I've been small group. I've been tithing. I've been reading my Bible every day. I'm practicing Lent. I even gave up chocolate. Or as my wife was telling me, one kid gave up broccoli. Like, that's a real sacrifice. I'm giving up broccoli for Lent. In other words, you can't make me eat broccoli for the next 40 days. That's what that means. Maybe you've been keeping all of those rules so that God would love you or so that you could get in good with God, or so that God would, whatever, fill in the blank. And the first time that doesn't go the way you thought, and you lose a family member, or there's illness, or the world doesn't play out just like you thought it would, or somebody else gets something you think you deserve, who do you get angry at? Hey, God, I've been going to church. Hey, God. I've been reading my Bible. Hey, God, I've been trying to obey your law, and you let this happen to me? Then you're the older brother. And you're the older brother. You've just built it on duty, not because you want to follow God's law, not because you want to obey God or to seek his glory, but because you expect God to give you something back in return. Hey, if I tithe, he'll make me wealthy. Hey, if I go to church, he won't let bad stuff happen to me or my family. And that's not how it works either. Except what does the father say to the son when he gives his resume? When he makes his case? Verse 31. The father said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because the brother of yours that was dead has come to life, was lost And has been found. The father's response is everything you've had is everything I've had has always been available to you. The riches of a relationship with God is immediately available. All you have to do is dwell in it. You don't have to perform. You don't have to get it all perfect. 
You don't have to get it all right. You don't even have to keep your Lenten commitment for 40 days. If you fail, and I already have, anybody else? If you fail, the Father's going to love you anyway. It's not a performance. It's not a quid pro quo situation. Hey, God, if I'm just pretty good, maybe will you throw me some extra coin? Like, it's not, that's not how it works. And what Lent reminds us is that Lent, the Lenten season is meant to be rest. It's meant to be the time in your life, and really not just in the 40 days of Lent. We're supposed to rest in the fact that everything God has is available to us now. We don't have to earn it. In fact, to be honest, we can't earn it. You cannot build a resume good enough. You can't run off and party and live the way you want to live. And you cannot possibly build a resume that's going to satisfy the requirements either. Neither one work. Because they're both the same thing. They're both trying to be something you're not. Instead of resting in falling into the goodness of the Father who says, everything I've ever had has always been here for you. All you have to do is ask. My grace is sufficient for you. All you have to do is ask. Peace is available to you. All you have to do is ask. Is a perfect life with no danger or no challenges? No. But the love of the Father and His arms are always open where He says, you were dead and now you are alive. Now you have my inheritance. It's at your fingertips. All you have to do is ask. One son built a life of pleasure and possession to hide the pain of his brokenness. And if that's you, you need to hear the father say, you can't be too broken. The misfit, the drunkard, the abused, the downtrodden, the hurting, the struggling, God loves you too. For the perfectionist in the room, you can't be good enough. You can't run hard enough. You can't outperform the sin in your life. You can't outdo it. And God, the Father's invitation is to rest in the goodness of the Father. Because it's always available to you. Perhaps this season of Lent is about paying attention, becoming aware, and removing the blinders of our illusory life. That self-fulfillment is not going to cut it by earning or by going crazy. Our own empire is not going to work. The illusory life of self-fulfillment doesn't match up. Instead, maybe this season is the opportunity for you to start to feast on the life that is always yours in Christ Jesus. Let's pray, and then we're going to go to the communion table together. It's appropriate that we would talk about feasting on what's already available to us, because the party in the tent is available to the younger son, and the party in the tent is available to the older son, too. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for being the dad in this story, for loving us when we're broken 
and not enough? Allow your spirit to make us aware that you love us even if we don't feel like we measure up. Father God, thank you for allowing us to rest from trying to do it ourselves. Help us to spiritually lay our heart, our effort, our mind, our lives in your grace. As we take this from this table this morning, let us fall into your goodness. In the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen.